going to come in here now to, uh, uh, we've been talking about the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to continue talking about that here this week. And uh, again, possibly, uh, well, I know next week as well. And uh, I will uh, uh, we'll do that uh, here. Verse number 10, Romans 14, 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to me. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And again, as we come in Romans 14, that's our study, and I debated on how, how much to do on the judgment seat of Christ because we're in Romans. In the context, Romans 14 is weaker bro- believer, stronger believer, that relationship. So in that relationship, neither the weaker nor the stronger has the right to sit in judgment. Uh, and it really, Paul's going to fall more on the stronger believer. You really don't have this. Because the weak, again, weak in the faith, not weak in faith, but weak in the faith. Just they don't have everything on board. Everything's not clicking right yet. They're learning. They're growing. They're maturing through. They're doing it under the Lord. They're giving thanks, proper attitude, proper motivation. They just don't have all of the uh, the 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 pieces in of the puzzle together just yet. Okay. So you that are stronger, you don't have a right to sit in the judgment seat. The only one that has that right is the Lord, verse 9. Weaker, you don't have that right either. Don't you do it. And, and, that, and it really in verse 13, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. That really, he's dealing with the stronger believer here. Don't destroy what God's building over here. Don't don't mess up this by requiring the weaker to come to your level of understanding before they're able to get there. (laughs) We don't have that right to accelerate the edification process. And again, what happens then is Paul then brings in for the very first time, the end of verse 10 there, this event called the judgment seat of Christ. And the question that gets raised when you begin to talk about it, and that's what we did last time, there's three major passages on the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 5, where the details are given and the intricacies. But then there are subsequent passages that give additional information. They just don't give a lot of the the events. 1 Thessalonians 4, we see that we're going to meet the Lord in the air. First Corinthians four, First Thessalonians four, First Corinthians four, verse five, which is where we were last time. We're going to go back there here in just a minute. Deals with some items that are happening at his appearing and at his coming. But if you look at verse twelve, the question comes up: If God is dealing with us on the basis of grace, and He is, why then is there a judgment seat okay well what does verse 12 say so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God 
grace holds you and I more accountable than the law ever did. You and I, we are held more responsible under God's grace. And the reason why is, is what does God's grace say? God says, I did it all for you. There's nothing for you to do but believe me. What does the law say? You better be doing this or else, if thou shalt, thou shalt not. So where's the onus under the law? It's on you, but the onus of everything over here in grace is on him. So then he says, believe me, trust me, relax, be who you are in me. Love me, not me. You know, you can love me. I, 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 would not, I don't mind that. But the thing is, is, you know, that little ego gets in the way every now and then, you know. But the... You guys get that, right? It's, it's only Sunday morning. Come on. It's not even 9, well, it's 9.40, all right? So, but the thing is, is what is, our, what is our responsibility over here? It's to love him, to be thankful. Next weekend's Thanksgiving. You, what, you know what separates uh, the believer from the heathen? Being thankful, having a thankful heart and a thankful attitude, Romans 1. So when you think about, now come over to 1 Corinthians 4. So why there's a... Romans 14, 12 is clear that grace is going to hold us accountable. It's going to hold us responsible. So literally, the grace of God holds us to the highest level of accountability. He never says you're going to lose anything because he's he's, it's all in him. He just says, I've done everything for you, so now how are, how are you going to live? That's where we start. You're in 1 Corinthians. Run back there to, to Romans again real quick. That's how we started Romans 12. Look at Romans 12. Again, we're in Romans 14 in our study and that renewed mind. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by what? By the mercies of God. He doesn't say, I beseech you because God did this. You better be doing this. No, he says, hey, Look at what God's done for you, and I'm asking you to come and participate in what he's doing today. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do it by being not conformed, verse 2, to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing, not rehabbing, not, not coming in and gutting out the old and putting... No, this is a whole renew. This is a whole new thing over here. That old man, Romans 6, is dead. That old thinking's gone. Now we're thinking new, divine viewpoint. And that's literally what he's doing there in Romans 14, 12. Look, why is there a judgment seat? Because grace holds you and I accountable, even when we're in him. <laughs> There's things that are going to happen. And again, when you, the goal in Romans 14 isn't to get into all of that. The goal in Romans 14 is you weaker and stronger relationship here. You have no rights to judge each other. Who's the judge? He is. There's an event that we'll all stand before him and give an account of it. There's an event where he's... So don't put a stumbling block in the believer's way. Okay? All right, next... Okay? We're going to get into all that. 1 Corinthians 4. Yeah, we're, we're going to hit on some of that here th this morning. So I'll answer your question, and it'll be about an hour's worth of an answer. Okay? Um, by the way, we won't have Q&A tonight because of uh, the long afternoon and so forth. 
And then we won't have Q&A next week because it's Thanksgiving weekend with everything going on. And Okay, so you said that, and that was a good reminder to remind everybody we won't do, be doing the Sunday evenings, uh, nor will we do Wednesday night because that's the night before Thanksgiving, and everybody's busy anyway and so forth. And uh, it's just been, that's our tradition, if you will, is to take the, the, week, the Wednesday nights before and after off. So uh, before Thanksgiving and then after Christmas and that week between Christmas and New Year's. Okay, announcements are done. First Corinthians 4. If you look at verse number 5, this is where we were last time. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Last week we talked about this. He's going to first expose, he's going to bring the light, the hidden things of darkness. Then he's going to manifest the counsel of the hearts, and then he's going to, then every man will have praise of God. By the way, notice it doesn't say every man will praise God. Every man will have the praise of God. And then shall every man have praise of God. That's two different things. You're not praising God. There's something that he's going to be dealing with you. We'll get to that here. So last time, this is a critical verse in understanding what's happening around the judgment seat of Christ. And really, what we saw last time in 1 Thessalonians 4, the details of his coming, the Lord himself. Uh, run over there just real quick. The Lord himself, 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verse uh, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So there's the first trump. 1 Corinthians 15 says at the last trump. Well, here's the last trump. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the details. That's the integral details of, of the, this event. The meeting of the Lord in the air, that's the judgment seat of Christ. That's where that happens. But what's going to happen when he himself comes? There's some things that are going to happen. 1 Corinthians 4 tells us that. It says what? He's going to bring to light the hidden things of darkness. So come over to 1 Timothy 6. Just, this is just a quick reminder of what we did last time, last week. By the way, the hidden things of darkness... Darkness here is not evil, okay? D evil in your scripture doesn't always mean, mean sin and transgression. It can mean calamity and tragedy. So you got to let what's, what's going on in the context tell you. Well, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, the judge is coming at his coming, and what's he going to do? At, what is he going to do at his coming? He's going to bring the light, the hidden things. Of darkness. When there's darkness in the room, things are hid. We were talking about this. We we're talking about why God created darkness in Genesis one yesterday. And the funny thing is, is we get over as kids living in Chicago. We have homes with basements, so we decided we were going to sleep in the basement. And as kids, we were good to go until Mom turned the lights out. Then you couldn't see anything, and all you could hear was the rumbling of the furnace. So we found that glow from the fire, and we thought that was the boogeyman, you know, the kid underneath, you know. So we're like, rah, you know. And the next thing you know, we're beating ourselves up, running into walls and things, trying to get out because you can't find the light switch. Why? Because it's at the top of the stairs, which is where it's supposed to be, you know. So, But hidden darkness, okay, 
But what's he going to do? He's going to bring to light the hidden things. 1 Timothy 6, verse number 14. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, and at times plural, because he's going to do this more than once. First is at his coming, the, at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's his coming back for you and I. What's he going to do? He's going to show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. At his appearing, he's going to reveal who he really is. He hasn't done that yet. That's hidden. That's a hidden thing. What's he going to do at his appearing? He's going to reveal who, verse 16, only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. But what's going to happen? What does 1 Thessalonians 4 tell us? We're going to meet him in the air. We're going to be able to look at him. We're going to be able to enter into that light that no man can touch. Why? Because he's revealed himself. The veil has come off. He's exposed. The, he's brought the light, the hidden things. So the first thing is he's going to reveal who he is. Come over to Colossians 3. And I'm doing this because we're going to, again, there's more going on than him just getting up there and running us through the fire pit and the, and the, you know, the picture show. Okay? Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Look at verse number, well, verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Where, so where is the real you right now? It's hid. It's, but it's hid where? It's hid w with Christ in God. You see, the real you isn't exposed right now. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear... Then shall ye also, notice that, appear with him in glory. So when he comes back and he calls his, church, his body home, what's he doing? First thing, he's bringing the light, the hidden things. He's revealing who he is, the only potentate, the king of kings, lord of lords. And then he's also revealing who you and I really are. Who are we? We're royalty. We're a son of God. We're an adult in the family of God. We're royalty, royalty here. Now, before you go flip a wig on that, come on over to Romans 4 and just remind yourself on this. Because how th this is the divine perspective. I know life stinks. We'll talk about, well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> Here's the real you. Look at Romans 4, look at verse 17. Think about what we started, Romans 12, the renewed mind, the divine perspective, thinking the way God thinks about this. Look at Romans 4, 17. After the parenthesis, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not. Are we exposed, is the real you and I exposed yet? No, we're hidden with Christ in God. When he appears, that'll be exposed. Now, keep reading. As though they, what? Were. 
You see, in God's mind, where are you? You've already been exposed. You've already been seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. In God's mind, you are already there. You, Colossians 3, 4, you've ar- you are already appeared with him in glory. You're already there in God's mind. So wouldn't it be nice to put our minds in the same condition? Folks, we need to relax. Come over to 2 Corinthians 4. We need to relax. We need to see, we need to understand that the, our thinking process. Now, I know the moment doesn't seem like it. This morning, I, you know. Tom reminded me, I ran into him yesterday at Fry's. I have to apologize for not saying goodbye to you. We, we pull in, and I'm trying to get the lunch for the ladies, and the lady's ignoring me. And I'm like, lady, I'm about to spend a little couple hundred bucks here, and you're ignoring me. And then Tom walks up, and I ignored Tom. So, you know, payback, right? I was wearing flat, very flannel, exactly. But see, the thing is, is, you know, for the moment, what was going on in life? I was being ignored. It's like, come on, you know, we got four, three trays here. Let's go. And the lady was, she was a little confused and didn't, you know, because they didn't have a name on it, whatever their excuses are, you know, just get with it. You know, come on, you know, chop, chop, exactly. But what happened, so in the moment, what is it? It's a pressure. But man, if you relax and you say, you know what, I got a little hope here, I have an understanding. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. Folks, we have a hope. It's hidden right now. No one can see it till the Lord appears. And when he appears, he's going to expose, he's going to remove the veil, and he's going to reveal who he really is, and then he's going to reveal who you and I really are. And that ultimate manifestation is on this day. That, that's a component of it. 2 Corinthians 4, you know where I'm headed, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our Notice, inward man renewed. Okay, how do we renew that inner man? Reading the Word, studying the Word. Read three chapters a day, Romans to Philemon, okay? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that lady ignoring me, it's just for the moment. As soon as we got the stuff, we were out of there, you know. I I was done. I was done when we walked in, you know, okay? Light a moment for the moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of what? What a mindset to have. We can relax. We can look at the moments of life and time with an eternal viewpoint. And literally, you can look around and say, who really cares what's going on right now? Look at what's coming in the future, see. We get bogged down in the moment. And, And that's not a fault, by the way. That's called humanity. But we're, we have a new guy on board. We have an inner man that we've renewed. We're building up. We're transforming. We're, we're energizing. We're learning. We're growing. And we can look over there and go, you know what? Who cares if the lady can't find the trays? Well, I care, but, you know, 
Actually, she didn't. It was more me, you know. But the thing is, is why do we have? We have an eternal viewpoint. Verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. There's Romans 4, 17. God calling those things which be not as though they are. We're walking by faith. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's really the viewpoint. Come over to 2 Thessalonians 1. So as we get going here, just in reviewing of last time, his coming, uh, uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, if you look, or actually look at verse, chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. What's he doing? We've got this process is happening here. Chapter 1, verse 10. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Notice that. To be glorified in his saints, there we are. Body's going. And to be what? Admired. Who's admiring him in, at this coming? We are. Who's he revealing him who he really is to? Us. The world is ignorant. The, world's, the earth has got a whole program of tribulation coming their way. So when he makes known that he's the only potentate, king of king, lord of lords, in our, in the appearing with us, the coming, the gathering together of us, he's exposing, bringing the light, the hidden things of darkness with us. We're the ones admiring him. He comes, gathers us up. Not only is he going to be glorified, he's going to be admired in us too. All the sound doctrine, all the truth that we study is intended to change the way we perceive life. Think, I mean, if you think about that's why this, the thing about the judgment seat of Christ to me is so powerful to catch because it impacts life right now because you quit thinking about it, about woe is me. I'm the victim. I'm the hurt party. You know, wah, 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 wah. You quit thinking about life that way. You think about it rather of, hey, you know what? I have an opportunity to come over here and to live as who I am in Christ in the moment and have him be glorified and hell be glorified. And then we've got a benefit going around the, the whole of it. All of the sound doctrine, all of the truth is designed to change the way we think and perceive about life, the way we approach life. We can actually think about life the way God thinks about life. And it's not, all, it's not in the fairy dust and twinkle, twinkle land. It's not in unicorns and all that nonsense in religion. It irritates the dickens out of me when I see grace believers off in fairyland over here doing stuff and thinking and saying, and it's not reality. What is reality is what we're talking about right here. Here's who you are. Okay, the motivation, come back to 1 Corinthians 4. Our motivation, uh, you, you guys know, though, you, you've seen those posters, and they got the motivating sayings on them, you know, and all this stuff. I look at that, and, and I understand. Look, I read the motivational books, too, see what they're saying. But you know what? None of that motivates me to do anything but go, bleh. 
You know why? Because what does it mean in the end? Absolutely nothing. Because it's not true. You follow? Okay? Now, I'm, against, I'm not against you reading them or doing it. You do whatever you use between you and the Lord. You're going to stand. You give an account of yourself. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is where you're going to get your motivation isn't out there in, in our study in Colossians in the second hour, 2.8, philosophy. You know what that motivational speaker stuff is? Philosophy. I was, I've been reading a book by John uh, Maxwell, and if you understand who he is, a big motivational coach, speaker guy. And you know what? I'm reading down through it, and I go, well, there's Proverbs, there's, you know, pfft, you know there's Paul. And he's just using blurbs, but he's got it written in his own, in, in human wisdom terminology. Anyway, 1 Corinthians 4. Folks, our reality is hid in Christ, and one day it's going to be revealed. So in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, when he says, He will bring uh, the Lord who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, he's not talking about revealing a hidden sin in your heart. Okay, now we'll get to that in just a second. Rather, what he's talking about is, look, we need to understand something about our future glorification, and we need to live with eternity in view. We need to think about our Savior that's going to be glorified and admired in them that believe. And we need to have that understanding. And we need to understand that there is a future event that's going to bring that into reality. And that our future, our future eternal destiny is impacted by what we do here in time. Hold on to 1 Corinthians 4. And just real quick, come over to 1 Timothy 4. And just catch a verse here, because we're going to kind of build off of 1 Timothy 4. You see, folks, if we understand that our future eternity, eternal destiny is impacted in what we do here in time on earth and how we live now, that changes how you live now. Okay? It really does. And if it doesn't, then you're not catching it. 1 Timothy 4, look at verse 8. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable. So is godliness profitable? Yeah, it is. Godliness, godlikeness. We'll talk, we're going, I'm going to get ahead of myself here a little bit. Godliness is profitable unto what? All things. Having promise of the life that now is. So right now, can I live godly? Yes. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to have a life that reflects his life, God-likeness. When I think about godliness, you know he never boohooed about his situation? Paul never did. Paul says, hey, in my situation, I just hope I, I'm more than conquerors. I can get this done. Interesting. We, we boohoo in our situation. He never did. And, so it's just not a promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. So godliness has a profitability of when? Now go back to 1 Corinthians 4. Now and in the to come, eternity. But there's an event that sits in between life now and life to come. And it's called the judgment seat of Christ. 
There's an event that sits in between these two time periods. Life that now is and that which is to come. And that event, we call it the rapture, judgment seat of Christ. That's what we're talking about. Now look at 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 5. So what's he going to do? He's going to bring the light, the hidden things of darkness. So he's going to reveal who he is who he really is, and then he's going to reveal who you really are. So the hidden things of darkness is not about exposing uh, the wickedness, the carnality, the sin of your inner man. Calvary has done that already. Okay? Then he says, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. Now think about that, because this is where we're at. It took us a half hour to get you here, <laughs> and I got 45 minutes to go. All right? Councils of the heart. Now here is where we are individually dealt with. The judgment seat of Christ, Romans 14, the relationship issue between weaker and stronger. In the judgment seat of Christ, here's where we're going to all stand. The council of the heart. He's going to reveal, he's going to expose who we really are. Now, what does Romans 8 say that we are? We're, we're sons of God, aren't we? But what's the counsel of your heart? You know, have you ever gone to a counselor and they help you figure out what to do or not to do or this or that? The counselor, God is going to expose your purpose, your intent, the design that's going on in your heart, your inner man. Now that gets a little, uh-oh, here's the terror, right? No, not at all. This has nothing to do with sin. Calvary took care of that. There's not a hidden sin here. He's going to expose, you know what he's going to do? He's going he's to expose what makes you really tick. What's our desire? What's our motive? What's our purpose? What... What's the design? What regulates your heart, your thinking? What did that? So now we're in the realm of what? That inner man. See, now we're in the realm of 2 Corinthians 5, where he says, look over at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 9, wherefore we must la we labor, that whether at present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or what? In his body. What's running your life? Let's look at your heart. How many times does the Lord look at Israel and say, I just wanted your heart, man. I don't need all that other stuff. What your heart? The the thinking process of your inner man. He's going to expose it. Now, go back to 1 Timothy 4. He's going to reveal, he's going to bring to light what's regulating your heart, what is motivating your thinking. Is it gold, silver, and precious stones, or is it wood, hay, and stubble? That's what 1 Corinthians 3 is going to tell us, see? But here in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, well, I'm going to bring the light, the hidden things. I'm going to pull the veil back and reveal some things. And I'm going to reveal what makes you really tick. Woo. 
Now, he's doing it, and he can do it. He's a righteous judge. But what is making you tick? See how you can use this to decide what's going on in life? Am I right where I'm supposed Am I doing right? Am I wrong? What's going on? You know, we've all been in situations where we looked at doctrines and go, you know what, that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> Let's get out of that. Or you're coming to some of that. Look at 1 Timothy 4. So where are we here? We're in the realm of your inner man. All right? By the way, if you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you're sitting in your new man, your new body. So this has nothing to do with your old body. This has nothing to do with your old man. Calvary crucified him. Okay? What are we doing? 1 Timothy 4, verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now watch. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. What do I want to be building in? Words of faith, good doctrine, right? But refuse profane and vain wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. God, not trying to be like God. See that? That's what religion says. You need to try. No, you are godly. You have that identity. Godliness. Verse 7, Refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. It doesn't say exercise thyself rather to be like God. It says, no, you already have the good word, you already have the faith, you already have the good doctrine, you already have the sound doctrine, you already have the truth. You're going to take that and you're going to put it into your details of your life and the life that's what verse 8's doing. Bodily exercise profiteth little. But what? Godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is. But here I am. I'm learning who I am in Christ. I'm learning identity. I'm learning truth. I'm learning all of this sound doctrine, sound words. And it's profiting me right now. But it's also going to profit me where? In the ages and out there in the world to come. So if I'm building this in, if I'm exercising myself to godliness and it's profitable, then what am I doing? Okay? I'm participating in the edification process is what I'm doing. Verse 6, if thou put the brethren in what? Remembrance of these things. You know, Paul says to the Philippians, for me to write this indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. you got to be reminded. What are we doing? We're godliness. I'm participating in the edification process that is designed to bring about godliness. You see, godliness today has an eternal consequence that is going to work out over there in the ages to come, in the world to come, but what that is, is I'm over here building in all of this edifice. I'm building on the foundation. You follow? Are you with me? Okay. So, see, we're, we're not talking about how many days of the week I went to church. We're not talking about how many souls I've saved. You notice how I said that. Okay. Because what's the question? How many souls did you save? You didn't save anybody. Okay, but that's how they say Why? Because that's an attaboy. 
How many Bible verses did you post on Facebook? I saw that one time. And literally in the comments, people were competing for the highest number. I saw one guy, or one name, one guy five times. Five different numbers. And they were bigger than the last. And I'm like, cool, I can compete. 1.1 to the trillion billion decimal point, you know. And they're like, that, then they, this, I did, I put that, this guy where he's big, that doesn't even exist. I said, no kidding. I'm like, that's how, but what does religion do to you? You're not building that. What are you building in? You're building in godliness. You're building in an edification. You're building an edifice. So the judgment seat of Christ is going to be an evaluator. Come over to, come back to 1 Corinthians 3. The judgment seat is going to be an evaluation, a review of growth, a review of edification, a review of service, a review of suffering. We'll get into that down the road, maybe. I don't know. I, like I said, I can, we can go for months on this subject, but, and I don't want to drag Romans out for months because <laughs> we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, the problem is, is the cost to keep the light on is getting higher, so they're talking about turning the light off at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> That's a dad joke, okay. Anyway, see, but the thing is, 1 Corinthians 3, see, the judgment seat is going to be a review. It's going to be an evaluation of what are you building into the realm of your inner man? What have you been doing? I, look, God says, the Father says, I have blessed you with everything. I've made you complete. I've made you sufficient. I've given you all. Then what were you doing with it? That's what he's doing. And it's not an accusation of, of you know, whoa, shame, shame, shame. It's an accusation. It's not even an accusation. It's a review of what did you do? I told you guys about the guy. Uh, we, were, uh, we used to live in San Clemente, and we were, we were three blocks up from the pier and everything, and we were walking home one day, and we saw this guy, and we started talking to him, and we talking to him actually we ended up talking about the lord which was kind of an odd thing that happened but he got saved but the thing you know what was holding him back he didn't want to go to church you know what he wanted to do sit home on sunday watch his football drink his beer and eat his pizza he thought going to church he had to quit doing what watching football drinking a beer and eating pizza and when we begin to show him that's not what we're talking about he relaxed he got saved and then we started talking to him about lifestyle changes, and then he kicked us out, <laughs> you know. But the thing is, is that's what people think about. What did you build? Look, at, look if you will, here at 1 Corinthians 3. Again, the judgment seat is not in any way, shape, or form a time of regret. It is going to be the most happiest day of your life to that moment. Okay? It isn't going to be a time of regret because of failure or sin or God revealing a hidden sin in the corner of your heart, the counsels of your heart. Counsels. What's been telling you which way to go? Nothing like that at all. Jettison that nonsense. God is not trying to get even with you. Calvary covered, Calvary took all care of all of that. 
You guys have heard of double jeopardy in court system? He, this is no double jeopardy. He, you can't be tried again for sins that he's paid for, past, present, or future. His blood's covered it. There's no double jeopardy. Sorry. Now, as a believer, there's consequence of living in sin. Sure. Duh. But nothing's going to... So at the judgment seat, God's not getting even with you. Rather, he's going to come in and he's going to... Could you imagine? We are waiting for the glorious appearing of the great Savior. And he's going to come up and go, Now, I told you it's going to be a glorious day where he's admired and we're admired. He's glorified. We're glorified. And then he's going to put a little fog of black on and go, I told you, what's going on here? You know, not at all. He's going to come up and put his loving arms around you, and he's going to say, okay, we just got to go. And he's going to do, it's going to be a glorious event. Nothing to be worried about. Okay, Rick, but what about 1 Corinthians 3 and the fire? Well, what about it? What does fire do? Well, it destroys, but it also purifies. Look at verse, just, just notice verse, well, start in verse 9. For we are labors together with him, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereupon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Just put into your mind, think about master builder, general contractor, okay? When a general contractor is going to go and work, what do they have to have? Plans. They have to have permits. They've got to be within code, okay? The guy's doing the work over here, going to start doing the work over there. What do they do? They do plans. They do permits. The city looks at it and says it's not to code, Here's Paul. What's Paul doing? Paul's got the master plans. The permits are issued. And the code is the edification process. How are you building on that? Are you building the code? Are you using the right code? Do you know that I, was, I think it was Jerry and I were talking about codes, and, and he would say, well, back in the 60s, 70s, we did it this way, and now the code says this. Well, what's happened? Somebody got even stupider, I guess, you know, dumber, I don't know. You know but what's times change. This code doesn't change. Here's the code, verse 12. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, the foundation of Jesus Christ, who are you in Christ? That's why I spent so long, so many weeks with you on Romans 6, 7, and 8. Who are you? Romans 1 to 5, who are you? Why? Because here's the code basis. Here's the basis of the code. How are you building? Are you building gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble? We'll talk about that. Those six items you will build, folks. That's a given. But do, do you build the whole wing of the house under the wood, hay, and stubble? What's going to happen? Wrong code. Inferior material. I don't know. I was in real estate back in the early 2000s. And we were getting a lot of our concrete from China. Do you remember those stories? And it was inferior concrete. What happened? Trouble for the building. But that's what wood, hay, and stubble. Inferior, human viewpoint, human wisdom, philosophy, vain religion, all of And what's happened? It's inferior. 
Or are you building gold, silver, and precious stone? Superior, proper building. That'll be wisdom and understanding and knowledge. What are you building? Isn't that interesting? Verse 13, every man's work. Notice it's singular. It is not plural. It's a singular thing. Even down in verse 14, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. It is singular, not plural. You ain't getting a bunch of crowns going, I got five crowns, you got four, nah, 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 nah. Ain't going to be doing that. Now, you may do that right now, but that's what's going to be evaluated because that's a counsel of your heart. You got a pride problem. Let's fix that, see. Verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. We'll talk about that next time. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. It, the work. God's going to make every man's work manifest. He's going to reveal the counsel of the heart. And he's going to look at it from a sort. What is its quality? Not quantity. Gold and silver and precious stones are little jewel things. Wood, hay, and stubble. I got a stack of wood on the side of my house. It's going to the dumpster. It's big, big old thing. This isn't inferior, superior. How are you building on the code? If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Loss of what? Loss of what he built on that foundation. Not loss of identity. Not loss of the what? He's on that What did you build on that foundation? Put a torch to it. It's gone. Yeah, but Rick, I, we had a lady here. I loved her dearly. She spent 30-something, 40 years on the Indian reservation in the Baptist system with the kids. She came to understand right division later in life, and she looked at me with tears in her eyes. You mean I was wrong all those years? And I looked at her and I said, well, let me ask you something. What gospel did you give when you were, it's just, oh, just trust by faith and faith alone, and that was it. We didn't do anything else, you know, and, I, and, and we didn't even do the water baptism thing because the Indians didn't understand that they didn't like it they had a you know miss but man it was paul's gospel clear and i said that wasn't a waste of time because people got saved i said what wasted your time was that bad doctrine side of the equation and she goes well that's good because i didn't do a lot of that <laughs> i said I, I said i understand see what did you build what are you going to suffer you're going to suffer that time that you spent building in that wrong that's all you're going to do but what are we doing? Ephesians, Paul says, redeeming the time. So what do you do? You go back and buy back the time from the adversary. He's the one that owns time and controls it. I buy that back. Moving forward. You know the old thing, don't cry over spilt milk. That's the issue here. Don't worry about the past. What am I doing? Let's move forward. What am I going to do? I'm going to clear off all that old bad rubble. Have you guys ever been around a house that's caught on fire? Growing up, our garage burned down. The water heater blew up and burned the garage down. Instantly, we got a basketball court, which was cool. You know why? Because they come in, they clean it off. 
and dad wasn't going to, the landlord wasn't going to rebuild the garage while we were living there. So we put a hoop up on the, on the light pole and we had a basketball court. But what it, you go in and what does it do? It suits you, doesn't it? It gets you dirty. Clear all that off. And let's get on with it. Suffer loss. Again, the loss of what? The inferior code, the bad building materials, that bad stuff. Yeah, but Ray, and, and I know, again, human, the human part of us, we have regret. We're like, man, if I'd have only seen this. Yeah, well, you can what if yourself to death. You're here now, and let's move forward. But notice, notice verse 14. I'm sorry, verse 13. Because it shall be revealed by fire, the fire shall try every man's work, man's work of what sort it is. Paul, the wise master builder, he's laid out a very specific code of edification, a code of sound doctrine. Here's the information. We're going to build it this way. We're going to come in. And we're going to take Romans, and we're going to, that's going to be the foundation. And the foundation of Romans is going to be about the grace of God and the cross work of Christ and everything that we have there. There we are. There's the foundation. We're going to have the grace of God and the cross of Christ. And everything that it, and everything we're going to build is going to be on that foundation. Then we come in, and the next book of doctrine is that book of Ephesians. Because while this is wonderful, and this is wonderful, he's got a plan and a purpose. So then we learn about the goal. Why is he building the church, the body of Christ, today? What's his ultimate goal? What's happening here? What's, what's his reasoning for the corporate body? Then we come into the next set of, of doctrine, and that sits in that book of Thessalonians, and we say, you know what, that's wonderful, but somehow he's got to get us to glory. He's got to get us there. So what's he going to do? He's going to come back for us. See that? Then he says, let's put a, a roof on the building, and we're going to do Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. And we're going to talk about while, we're, while you're waiting for me to come back, I've got a, a life of godliness that I need you to live in the congregation of the local assembly. Now, ain't that a building to build? So where we are, we're out here, and what do we do? We go here. We go here, we go here, we go here. Now that's easy, but life gets in the way. So we have a little deviation, so we get 1st and 2nd Corinthians to help with bad behavior, because that does pop up. Then we have a book called Galatians, so we can deal with bad doctrine, because doesn't that pop up from time to time? Sure it does. Then in Ephesians, we come into a little book called Philippians, and now we're back to bad behavior. But this time, this is as children. Remember, they're babes in Christ. They're children. They're infants. 
But this one is as adults. They're perfect. It's interesting, the language of Paul here and here to children is completely different than what he has in Philippians to adults. You know what you do to a child? You bend them over your knee and you spank them. Not literally, figuratively, for the Internet people. You got to, okay? Time out, yeah. You spank them. You deal with them. But what do you do with adults when they're out of line? You can't bend them over your knees and spank them. You have to have a conversation with them, and you have to talk. So what do we do? We come to Colossians, and what are we at? We're back in bad doctrine. You see what's happening? Now, Thessalonians doesn't need that because we're in the heavenly places. Timothy, Titus, now we're in the local assembly, and there's a leadership's design to take care of the issues within the local assembly. That's the building plan. That's the, the code is Romans to Philemon. The blueprint is this. Okay? Now we got five minutes to finish the last piece. You got 1 Corinthians 3. Hold on, flip over, flip the page to chapter 4, verse 5. So what are we seeing? I was in the Dollar General. They had the big chalk like this, the sidewalk chalk, the big ones. I need that, I think. These little dudes are, ugh. Get that big bad boy. And then I'll get chalk dust, and then I'll have dust lung, and then I'll get die and go to heaven. So let's go. Let's build five or six of them. All right? I got her. Okay. I know. I'm just kidding. It's just us and 50 billion people online. So, all right? Think about what we've learned in Romans, in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. One, he's going to expose him who he really is, and who you really are, doesn't he? Then he's going to manifest what makes you tick, the counsels of your heart. When you have issues in life come up, do you come here and take the reproof and the correction and the doctrine and work it through and bring it in? See, that's, Or did you come over here to human viewpoint and religion and I want it my way because I want it my way. Or did you do it his way? What drove you? And then there's an issue of praise. Now, watch 4-5, the end of it. And then shall every man have praise of God. And go back to chapter 3, verse 15. Because what does 3.15 say? If any man work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Okay, again, loss with, has to do with the building. What would you build? The wood, hay, and stubble. Okay? Now watch the end of that verse. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. How, in what manner are they saved? This is not justification. This is not them being there at his coming. That's justification. If your edifice is burned up, 
you'll still be what? Saved. Again, it's not about justification. It's rather about what? Having the praise of God. You will still be, even though you're going to suffer a loss, a burn, scar, you will still be a part of what God intends to do with and in and through the church, the body of Christ, in the heavenly places. That's the saving here. Not justification, not, oh, I'm just glad to be here, woo -hoo. No, he's got a purpose and plan, Ephesians 1.10. 1 9, the mystery of his will is made known. What is it? Out there in the dispensation of the fullness of time, bringing it all back under the headship of the Lord. How? In heaven, the, he the heavenly places, the church, the body, you're still a part of it. You're still involved in it. You're, you have the praise of God. See how they, they, they're going to connect there. No matter what you build, no matter what gets burned, you are still a part of the plan of God. He's still going to use you. So you know what you need to do? You need to relax. Learn who you are in Christ. Let that take over your thinking and go do. Now, how that looks is how it looks in your life. Everybody goes, what does that look like? It looks different in my life. It looks, You know why? Because we have different lives. I've raised my three children. Well, a couple of them I'm still raising, but I've raised them. I've let them go to their own maturity. I've released them. I don't have a dad-son relationship. I have a father, a dad, adult son. He's, he's, he's not a child anymore. He's an adult. So what do I do? I have a different relationship there. I don't come in and micromanage his life. Now, if he messes up, I, I watch him mess up. Hurts? Let him do it. He's got to learn. Okay? And then he'll come and say, well, what do you think? And I'll say, well, I don't think I'd have done that, but you did it, so let's, all right? And then I give, but it's, what did they say? Advise and consent? Is that what they do? <laughs> okay. Huh? Okay. That's, I don't run his life. Now, as a little one, what did I do? I ran his life. As an adult, I don't do that anymore. So what did I do? What happened in our relationship? Absolutely nothing except what? How we think about our relationship. That's where Linda and I are at. In our, you maybe you're not. You got you got young guys. You're still raising. You got I mean, we got people with babies. They're still. What do you? You're completely different. But in that moment, you know what you can be, who you are in Christ in that moment. Does that make sense? But you got to learn that. You get in. You get into the process. You get in through the doctrine. The blueprint is there. Here's the, the code, the code book, and you work through it, and at the end, you know what you say? You say, you know what? This is, the judgment seat of Christ has nothing to do with sin. Calvary, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of it. It's done deal. Has nothing. It just has to do with, okay, you've learned about the blueprint and the code, what you're building, what you're doing. That's why the will of God in 1 Timothy, where, Tim, where he talks to Timothy, is he would have all men be saved and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. A lot of people get saved and never come to the knowledge of the truth. But you know what? They're still usable. That's the praise of God aspect. That's why in 1 Ephesians 1, when he will say, uh, principalities, powers, thrones, might, and every other name that is named. Why? There's a, big, there's a big piece down there that gets saved. 
How do I go to heaven? How do I get into heavenly places? I just got to be saved. That's it. That gets me into heaven. And come to the knowledge of the truth. Now I got more responsibility because where light is, where you have light, there's greater responsibility. So the praise of God has to do with that thing in 15 about the issue of you're going to suffer a loss, but you're still going to get saved. You're still usable. Even though you're going to have a burn scar, you're still usable. So don't get, oh, no, I've got, all, you know, uh, I'm going to lose my Sears Tower. <gasps> no, man, it, it's going to go away. He's going to take care of it. But rather, you know what? I can, I can build a John Hancock next door. Sears Tower, tallest building in Chicago. Hancock building, the second tallest in Chicago. And they're literally are like down around the street from each other. I could have one. I built that. I can do this now, and I can come in, and I can do it by being on the right blueprint. Okay? Now, we're going to do one more on the judgment seat next time, maybe. I'll think about it, pray on it, and get my little juju beads out and see what we're going to do. Okay? I'm just kidding. Okay? Just know when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, it's not a bad thing, folks. It's a glory. And you know what I can do? I can look at my life in time right now and say, you know what? I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm stuck over here, and I need to get back over there. And how do I move from here to here? 2 Timothy 2 says that I have to rescue myself. I oppose myself. I have to rescue myself. And how do I do that? 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, I have to study. And I got to do it God's way. By the way, how do I study? I have to study it rightly divided. That's God's way. That's the blueprint. That's this. Okay? All right. Dear Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who we are in your son. We thank you for the future day that comes our way where you will be admired and glorified, and so will we. In your name we pray. Amen.